Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, we're sitting down with Chris Brickler, CEO and co-founder of Mind VR. That's Mind spelled with a Y. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to come on. <laughs> we're really happy to have you here. While we're saying thank you to you, we got to thank our sponsor of the podcast real quick, Asterian Products. If you don't know them yet, they make the Asterian Aura VR headset stand. It's really nice. They also make a mat for VR. Keeps you in your play space, keeps you from getting out, punching your kids, punching the wall. It's called the Origins, and they've told us it's coming back in stock, so you may want to go on, use code FULLDIVE10 to get 10% off that. Well, you, we're excited to have you here because, Chris, your company is something I haven't really heard about before. It's an entertainment and therapeutic program for seniors. Can you kind of tell us, for someone who's never heard of you, what it is that Mind is trying to do? Well, thanks, Jay. Yeah, what we're trying to do at Mind VR is really simple. We're trying to improve the lives of our elders uh, mm -hmm. by using virtual reality. So we've sort of reimagined this whole idea of, of youth culture and gaming and the phenomenon of, of whatever the metaverse is idea, the concept, but all those tools uh, are extremely, extremely powerful when you transition the infrastructure that supports the content development in VR over to a healthcare digital therapeutic that actually can improve people's lives. So it's really exciting times for us. Ooh, that is really awesome. And it's really interesting to hear about that because it's just not something you hear of enough in VR or in tech. You know, a lot of times the older generations just get left out or completely missed. Right. Uh, how long have you guys been doing this now? Uh, so we started this in 2016. Uh, I was in uh, Silicon Valley working on a number of projects. One of them happened to be kind of the precursor to Horizons uh, World uh, with an Oculus project there. And uh, I saw the power of what the medium was going to offer uh, our society. And I've always been kind of gravitating towards meaningful, uh, socially responsible businesses myself. And, and when I saw the power of what 2016 Oculus uh, could do. Uh, I came up with all these different ideas and my co-founder was in Texas managing about a hundred skilled nursing facilities. And we had been friends for years and years, but we hadn't really catch, uh, caught up on what we were doing in our careers. And we got together one night over a couple of beers and came up with this wacky idea about, well, why wouldn't we use music and therapy, which was being used in these skilled nursing uh, communities with a iPod, uh, a customized playlist playing a Frank Sinatra song for an 85 year old with with dementia or Alzheimer's mm -hmm. or some other sort of cognitive impairment. Music has a way of of hitting our neural pathways in, in, a, in a way that's really science based. It's evidence based, and it's just a really beautiful thing when it brings the mind alive again. So we thought about, well, what if we could do this with VR, make it an entirely more a magnitude order of magnitude more powerful by immersing that senior not only hearing that Frank Sinatra song, but being in a live concert with a crooner, with a live band, with with all around, you know, you see people that are dressed in 1950s garb. And that's exactly what we did in our first prototype. We created this speakeasy club of 1950s style with a crooner playing amazing Frank Sinatra songs. We, we did that production with the theory that, hey, if we took this out and put this on folks that uh, have dementia or some sort of cognitive issue, uh, played a memorable music and then took them on a night out. Uh, what that would do for the brain. And it has just been an amazing journey since 2016, since that idea came up. Wow. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I love this concept. This is so cool. I love using, you know, these, these tools that we have to support people. It's awesome. 
And so you you talked about how uh, this started in Dallas, Texas. Where? How far is your reach now after a few years in this? Yeah. So the growth has been exceptional, actually. Um, we're operating in 45 or six states now, uh, Canada, Australia. Wow. We've got a number of things happening in Europe as well. It's just a great global community coming together that we're sort of driving an ecosystem around the health uh, aspects of virtual reality and cognitive and, and also physical therapy and things along those lines, which we can certainly talk about. But, you know, it's it, it's expanded not just geographically, but I think our company has expanded and evolved from in the early days of bringing immersive content to seniors like that concert, you know, taking them to concerts, museum tours, uh, letting them have a guided tour in Paris. They might have gone to Paris. That could bring up a lot of, of, of wonderful memories. And all the other things from skydiving. I, I never thought I would see uh, so many 85-year-old women actually want to jump out of airplanes and, and go skydiving. They never got a chance to do that. So <laughs> that's like a recreational kind of activity that we love uh, to give our seniors. And we built one of the largest libraries of, of content, what we char characterize as senior-friendly content, which is all curated with love, care, and compassion for this uh, population. With the expansion beyond that uh, comes all these interactive tools uh, that we're mapping into real therapy. So when we think about seniors recovering from a stroke or from other types of uh, you know health conditions that make them less mobile or cognitive, cognitively challenged, we, we feel that uh, this di digital therapeutic sort of uh, embryonic industry that we're starting here is just gonna be so helpful uh, as we go to this older population, because listen, the, the problem with our younger generation is that we're going to be looking up at the biggest population of older adults that has ever been on in, in human history, right? So mm -hmm. we've never seen in 2034, for instance, we're going to have more people in this country that are 65 or older than we will have people that are 18 or under. Never has that happened before ever. So what's that gonna do? It's gonna create a tremendous strain on our healthcare resources. So we have to make sure that we can deliver virtual therapeutics. Uh, and MindVR is clearly positioned as the sort of brand, the channel, the network, and also the content producer of these really uh, specific digital therapeutics that are on pathways really fast into the world of reimbursement from insurance, from uh, Medicare, Medicaid, that so many seniors are cared for. So we're really excited about the the tailwind of the, uh, from a macro point of view, some of the regulatory aspects that are pushing immersive technology into healthcare a lot faster than we've ever imagined. Uh, with, a, with a bill that's been introduced, uh, a bipartisan bill that's actually been introduced this year in March by a Republican uh, senator from West Virginia, a Democrat from New Hampshire, co-authored one, one of the best bills that I've seen in a long time called the Access to Prescriptive Digital Therapeutics Act of 2022. Wow. And why this is so important is because this is intended to usher virtual therapeutics like MindVR faster through FDA, faster through CMS. Uh, and as the uh, economy has to brace for this uh, shift in older adults and the care, we also have to bring more affordable, more effective tools in to help with this aging process. And we believe that VR is going to be enormously um, productive uh, in this world of digital therapeutics. Wow, that is really impressive. I didn't realize your reach was so huge. I saw on your page 
that the way this experience kind of works is there's a branded headset and a tablet that kind of work together when someone's, you know, taking someone in to show them these experiences, but it looks like you're also headed for other headsets, the HTC Vive Flow and such. So what is the experience like? Like, let's say someone's, you know, in the home, in their home, and they want to check this out. Does someone bring in a headset and put it on them? What is the experience like for the person the first time? Yeah. So typically how we reach seniors today is through uh, senior living communities and long-term care, rehab communities, hospice care, veteran homes. Um, most of the time in those environments, uh, our healthcare product, um, which is uh, centered around the HTC Vive Flow, uh. this is the lightest weight immersive glasses that have ever been uh, produced and and, and very much produced with this population in mind because it doesn't have a head strap and it's lightweight. Mm -hmm. It it allows for seniors that are not used to playing video games um, to come into this space in a very gentle, calm way. So we're super excited about, um, about that. So, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think we're just excited about launching this this new application into the homes of senior care providers, because you've got those nurses, those frontline uh, caregivers that can be trained on how the tablet works with the headset. And and that's a really important function in how we are bringing VR in general into this population is that a lot of the folks that absorb this this, uh, MindVR initiative are uh, needing of some sort of care. So we train the caregivers on how to administer this we have a tablet function that will allow for, uh, let's say, that caregiver has a conversation with the senior with, uh, the, with the immersive glasses on. They can type in an address that might be where they got married or where they went to high school or, yeah. or maybe an old house. Uh, yeah. We look at that on the screen. Uh, the caregiver says, there, that's, that's the street level view we want to we tap into Google on. So we tap into that and we transmit that immediately over to the headset of the senior. That technology sounds kind of flashy, but really what the, you know, what the exciting part of that is, is that we're combating social isolation yeah. and the, and this pandemic has been no friend to this population. Um, sure. So when we think about VR in, into this, into this population, we have to think about different age related conditions and different things that are happening in their lives. And this isolation is a big, a big issue and seniors start to not socialize as much. This tool brings so much, it ignites so much conversation between senior and caregiver. It's just a beautiful thing when we see that happen. So that's just one kind of example of how that tablet and headset work. There's countless other examples that we're, we're building in the therapy area that really stretch across occupational therapies, physical therapies, speech therapy, uh, all these different avenues uh, that are so important to the therapeutic goals of these seniors to get them back on their feet or to slow down cognitive decline. We're not making any claims that VR can do that, but we are doing all the research in in the world that we can find to prove that uh, our theory is correct. And we do believe that uh, this is the very early stage of VR as a, as a therapeutic, but we do believe it's going to have tremendous uh, benefits to these to this population. But it's got to be done right, and, and it has to be done uh, in a very ethical uh, way with this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I I would really like to hear more about, you mentioned the experiences and helping with that social isolation. And we saw in your trailer also that MindVR helps bridge the communication gap between elders and youth through these experiences you know, there's something to talk about if you're doing this experience together. Can you tell us more about how 
youth and family members can join in on these VR adventures with the elders that are using MindVR. Yeah. Well, you know, intergenerational communication is really important to the health of our seniors. And, and I just can't reiterate that enough to your listeners, Jay, how important that is. So what we've seen is that the younger audience, let's say, you know, 20, 25, 30-year-old type folks that are into virtual reality probably haven't thought about, wow, this could be adapted for my grandpa who might be lonely in, in Kansas. Well, uh, guess what? With MindVR now, we've created a safe multiverse uh, for our seniors, and we've now allowed connectivity for that grandson, let, uh, granddaughter, niece, nephew, someone younger in the family now can use a smartphone, a tablet, and, uh, and, and connect into grandpa's multiverse in Kansas um, and drive the experiences with grandpa. So if we can imagine, say, hey, would you like to uh, go to the Grand Canyon today? Granddaughters in New York, grandpas in Kansas, and uh, together they can go on a, on a trip and have something to talk about, not just about grandpa's sore knee or the bad food in the community, uh, or in grandma's <laughs> case, the, 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 the bad uh, salon uh, day that she just had. Now there's something more to talk about. We have life and world to connect with. We have nature to connect with, animals, zoos, museums, car racing, sports. I mean, it, you name it. These seniors want it in this in this format. So it's it's a beautiful time to really connect that younger generation that are VR enthusiasts with older adults. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really something when you can have the common ground of hey, we're looking at the Grand Canyon together. We can talk about the Grand Canyon where it can can create a lot of apprehension. I know when people don't want to go visit someone because it's like, we have nothing to talk about. We have nothing in common. Now they're doing something. I think that's right. really, really exciting. I, I've demoed VR for hundreds of people now too. And something that's always been really interesting for me is if you demo VR to really young kids, they, they think it's cool and they have a good time, but they've grown up with this amazing, all kinds of amazing technology. When I've showed it to my grandma or to other people of an older generation, their minds are blown yeah. when they see what this can happen. You take them to their childhood home and, you know, people start crying. People have these big emotional reactions. What are people seeing? Like how, how are people lighting up? How are they changing their demeanor and their feelings when they first demo this to them? Yeah. You know, that's a great question, Jay. The, it's such a beautiful thing to bring this technology uh, to this older population. They, you know, the way I kind of look at it is this, this population, let's say 75 plus, and, and mm -hmm. we put our, our, immersive glasses on 100 year olds and plus. But this generation, uh, often called the greatest generation, it has uh, has really seen a lot of different technologies um, in the last 80 years. I mean, th this generation went from black and white to color TV, from AM to FM radio. Uh, they saw the rise of the PC. They saw the internet. They saw smartphones and they adopted all of those. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing they did not adopt it, that has been so big in our culture? Are video games. They're just mm -hmm. not Atari. Uh, that 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 technology went right past them. So so we have uh, a, a big challenge to use this technology in a way that is uh, very comfortable for those mm -hmm. for those older folks. Um, so Jay, I don't know if that completely answers your question, but you know when they do get into a virtual reality, we we don't always know what their interests or what their life and their history is about, right? So mm -hmm. then we try different things and. If we take someone that might have, uh, I, for instance, I went to a home in New Jersey uh, just right before the pandemic, met, met with the team there and also a couple that was in the home, uh, been married for 50 years. Uh, she had 
uh, Alzheimer's uh, at a very sort of medium to late stage. He was uh, perfectly healthy from a cognitive point of view. Uh, we sat him down, let him both. Uh, I said, Where, where's the place that you guys have gone to as a, as a, uh, as a holiday de- sort of destination or whatever. And, and they said Paris is where they had their honeymoon and they've gone back four or five times. So it's a very special place for them. I said, well, great. So I, I had the, I had the glasses and I, and I shared, and I shared this with him and he, he got a chance to see it first. I calmly gave it to her, let her touch and feel it a little bit. She didn't remember what she had for breakfast. Didn't remember what his name was. It certainly didn't know me. And here I am holding a VR headset. Hey, try this on, right? You can't just force it onto people, but you can, subtly give it to him, let him touch it, feel it, and then get comfortable with it. Put it on and say, listen, hey, we're going to go to Paris. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, great. So we do it. And within, you know, literally within 10 seconds, she's in front of the Eiffel Tower. She says, honey, there's the Eiffel Tower. You know, we went to the Louvre, you know, a couple other places. And she started remembering these trips that they had within 30 seconds of putting this on their head. Wow. So it's like those types of experiences when we're out in the field working with our, our seniors are so beautiful. Personally, it's why we get up in the morning. It's so motivating to bring this technology to them. But it's like when you see those reactions and you see those neuro pathways connecting and those memories that were dormant in the brain, in the mind, uh, become alive again. I mean, that is that's that's so special. It's beautiful. That is that is amazing to hear about, and uh, I definitely get a little emotional hearing about that. That's so awesome to be able to have this tool to support people and help them, you know, access these memories that maybe you know were hidden away from them. And I would really be interested to hear more about. You mentioned a little bit about some research, some emerging research that's going on. You have lots of doctors on your science and research team that we've seen. Have you had any results from research so far that you can share with us? So again, we're, we're entering kind of a new phase of VR and healthcare, uh, but that's not to say that there hasn't been an amazing amount of research already done. There's been thousands of studies using immersive technology and its use cases across different different places in uh, in healthcare across the spectrum of care. And we tap into a lot of that. So studies around uh, making people feel more calm, reduction in pain, a lot of that kind of stuff has been done. It's in the general public. But what we're doing is building on that to a specific uh, audience relative to the aging population and looking at different age-related conditions across that spectrum. And that's what it's such a great time to uh, to be you know, pioneering this space with MindVR because it's it's really uncharted. But we do know uh, certain areas that we know we've seen effects, large scale operational studies that we've done uh, both with commercial customers and with university partners. Uh, we've got one of the largest studies uh, ever done uh, relative to VR and the aging population with Stanford right now going on with Jeremy Balenson. Uh, Dr. Balenson and his team are looking uh, at hundreds and hundreds of seniors across the country on the Mind VR network to see how um, they improve their disposition improves, possibly some behavioral observations uh, that can come from this calming content. Also, uh, the impact on uh, the caregiver and senior relationship with this technology and how this technology can be somewhat of a breakthrough um, uh, from an adoption point of view of other technologies that will come along down the road that VR can be uh, that can be built upon uh, on VR. So it's a really exciting uh, study that we've embarked on Stanford there going to be wrapping that up uh, this summer and publishing, I think, later this fall. So it's that's that's a really uh, great, uh, great set of um 
super pros uh, that have looked at VR in so many different avenues. And so we're excited to work with them. And and then, yeah, we're, we're also uh, embarking on uh, several clinical trials that will be uh, specific to these age-relating conditions. I definitely want to check out that research. That is so interesting. And I, I love the brain and learning about the brain. And so I'm definitely going to check Check that research out. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool that you brought up Stanford because I actually saw that you're collaborating with them. And mm-hmm. Stanford and VR kind of have an interesting relationship because they've done a lot of research. But one study that they did is kind of what a lot of people try to use against VR in children. Mm-hmm. Even though Stanford never said there was any dangers, they did say that they observed that younger kids didn't necessarily seem to have the ability to decipher whether something happened in VR or it happened in real life when they took them and showed them these whales. They thought it really happened. And sometimes people use that to kind of say, oh, well, VR is unsafe, VR is bad. What have you seen working with Stanford and their overall feelings towards the world of virtual reality? Well, I I can't really speak on behalf of Stanford, but one of our advisors, senior scientific advisors on our team is Dr. Walter Greenleaf. I've been a fan of his work for a number of years, uh, and our paths have intersected on Mind VR. He has been studying VR as it relates to the human body and, and psych- psychology uh, aspects of VR f- since 1984 at wow. Stanford. <laughs> a lot, not a lot of people realize that um, research has been happening with this immersive technology for that long, but he's kind of the godfather of that, and he's a resident at Stanford and just a just a pleasure to work with on uh, really innovating, again, pioneering VR into healthcare. He, he did speak at the uh, recent International Virtual Reality Healthcare Association Conference uh, in Nashville. First time we got back together, our, our group got back together uh, since COVID. And he got up and spoke and he says, you know, I, I tried to find one avenue in healthcare where VR was not having an impact. And he looked and looked like a month before this presentation he was giving uh, in March of this year and said he couldn't find anything. He said it was just you know, the use cases were ubiquitous from everything from pain management with urology, you know, to getting into exposure therapy when it relates to veterans and and PTS. A lot of this content is going to be very useful in the future, but I want to tap into one other idea that Jay, that you kind of ignited with me. And that is really this conversation around, uh, around ethics and the content. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, the, co- the, ability to make these virtual worlds are, is going to become increasingly more realistic. And what we have to do is have the highest standards of integrity and, and ethics to bring content, especially to this older audience that are seeing VR for the first time, making sure that they that they are in, in measurable doses of, of Mind VR. So we generally recommend 15, 20 minutes because it's such a powerful medium. We're going to do more research on on that in terms of length of, of time. But uh, with kids, uh, to your question earlier, uh, there has been some disclaimers with different manufacturers for children under 13. I have two kids under 13. We do look at VR on a very measured um, basis, you know, a few minutes here and there. But, you know, until there's until the, all the research is in on, on the developing eye and how that works with the brain and, and the more realistic that VR is becoming, there's a lot of work to do on on the ethics side of things. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And so talking about this research also makes me think of all the media exposure that MindVR has had from CNN to the New York Times, uh, other news outlets. How has all this media exposure affected your overall reputation? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've had a lot of wonderful coverage in the media from 
Fox News to CNN, uh, Wall Street, the New York Times, Washington Post did a wonderful piece on one of our communities in, in the Virginia area, uh, and then hundreds and hundreds of local outlets. So when MindVR arrives in a smaller market like Peoria, Illinois, for instance, a lot of times a television crew will come out and actually film this installation of MindVR into these homes, and it becomes such a beautiful story, feel-good story for the local me media and local news as well. So we do a lot of that. I would say that the media attention is really, really good for our industry because what we're trying to do is communicate that VR is not just for gamers anymore. Mm -hmm. Although a lot of the people that have made VR to what it is could obviously put their skill sets into using Mind VR or a, a VR technology for health conditions. And I think you will see a lot of game developers moving into areas that support healthcare. But we've had to create a narrative on a national level that really supports our findings and, and all of the implementations that we've done uh, around the world with MindVR and, and the impact it's having. So that media coverage has been good to show that. Uh, right when the pandemic hit in March 2020, um, we pretty much shut down as, as everyone did. Uh, the senior population was hit extremely hard, as most people know, but senior communities who we were providing our service to pretty much shut the doors and said, we have to protect our our people here. So uh, what we did is we organized um, a, a giveaway uh, and did a national promotion right at the onset of COVID to gift uh, 50 MindVR kits to 50 different senior communities um, in 50 different states. <laughs> and that was a, a promotion that we put out there and had just had hundreds and hundreds of communities come in. Fox News covered that, for instance, as a, as a good story that people could get behind during that time when when people were talking to their grandparents through windows at these communities, um, it was a really tough time for the families and for everyone else. And that's really that that story of social isolation. I think the media has done a good job covering that. I think the great thing, if anything, that's come out of the pandemic is that the younger culture and generation now know what uh, isolation means, and now they know what senior isolation means. Uh, which has always been there. It was there a lot higher during the pandemic, but it still will always be there. So I think there's a more empathy that's growing with our younger culture. And my job is to galvanize the VR industry and help bring talent into start making and creating things that are useful and meaningful in people's lives. And that's the vehicle that we've tried to create with MindVR. And I think the media has done a pretty good job of, of covering that angle. I I am so impressed and so excited to hear about this because I've always thought that the amount of impact virtual reality is going to have on the world is much, much bigger than just video gaming. And not everyone sees that. I see that you clearly have that vision. And hopefully some of our listeners out there who hear that feel the same way. So I wanted to ask you if someone out there hears that and they want to bring this to a community near them, what does that look like and how do they get a hold of you to do that? So that's pretty easy. Folks can come to mindvr.com, mind with a Y, M-Y-N-D-V-R. And we spelled the, we dropped the I to a Y on purpose, by the way. We wanted to um, build an attribute in the brand around ownership of our minds. And if there's one thing that older folks feel uh, as they get older is that they start to lose some of the identity uh, they start mm -hmm. to lose some of the memories of their past, which which uh, erodes some of that identity problem. And you know, if we can if we can kind of get people to understand that the power of virtual reality to give somebody's ownership back into some of their activities they do during the day, maybe they get up and say, you know, I, I actually want to go to a farm today. Well, there's no way they could actually get to a farm unless they have Mind VR, and we'll take them straight to a farm. 
uh, we'll, we'll, we'll show them goat milking uh, in VR, which I don't think anybody's ever produced a, a VR app that has goat milking in it uh, or goat <laughs> yoga. We've done that too. So there's a lot of fun ways. So I'm sorry, getting a little off track there, but uh, the way people can, can get this is uh, at our website. We do have a uh, community uh, product that is for multiple users that the uh, device can be shared in a community. Um, and we also have uh, a way for families to bring MindVR to their home uh, as well. And that's just a single family uh, license that we have there. That is so cool. I want to say again, thank you for coming on. We're going to make sure, of course, there's links in the description, the show notes for all of you out there who are interested in mind and want to learn more about it. But Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jay. And for all the great work you're doing as well. This is this is really special time. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Well, hey, if you're out there and you're listening, remember, if you want to stop by and see, you can actually see there was a pair of Vive Flow glasses that Chris picked up earlier on the YouTube. If you want to see what those look like, see them a little more in person. And of course, if you're watching us, but you want to take more full dive with you anywhere you go around every podcast platform where you can rate and review us. And if you're thinking about VR, you've been listening to the podcast, but you still haven't done it. It's time to just finally dive on in. Dive on in. 